Hi everyone. We'll be starting in about five minutes. Let's allow interested community members to come into the room. Let's give them some time. We will be starting shortly.
Okay, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, perfect, perfect. Great, we'll start in two minutes. Um, everybody's here. Let's just give more people time to join the spaces. Hello, Metaverse, and welcome to the public sale episode of Breeder Dow on Air. Today, we are joined by two juggernauts in Play to Earn Gaming. But before we begin, let's start things off with a segment I like to call the Metaverse News. Headline Blockchain games are leading the DAP industry says latest DAP Radar report. Market tracker DAP Radar and the Blockchain Game Alliance published the Blockchain Games report for Q1 of 2022. After citing that $720 million was invested into blockchain games in February, the latest number for total Q1 investment is at $2.5 billion. The biggest deals in the report include Animoca Brands raising $360 million, bringing its valuation to $5 billion and becoming a leading Web3 brand. Sequoia Capital led a $450 million investment in Polygon, while Yuga Labs, the studio behind Board Ape Yacht Club Non-Fungible Tokens, received a $450 million investment. <laughs> 
Breeder Dow token sale launches. Breeder Dow launches its token auction on Copper Launch, curated by Reptile Presidente. The breed token is now live and will be purchasable on Copper Launch from April 26 to April 29. And that's it for our latest news report. And without further ado, please welcome on stage. Lunacia would not be possible without him. He is the man, the myth, the legend of Axie Infinity. Put your hands together for the co-founder of Sky Mavis, Jeff Jiho Zerlin. And of course, with him today, none other than the OG of Play to Earn Guilds and Gaming. Without him, Play to Earn Guilds would not be possible or where we're at today. The OG Whale of YGG. Please welcome Gabby Dizon. And of course, the night would not be possible by the co-founders of BreederDAO. Joining us now is the CEO and COO of BreederDAO. We've got Renz Chong and Jeff Aang. Thank you for that fantastic intro, Nico. Uh, for those who don't know, Nico is our co-founder and CTO of BreederDAO. He's also the resident radio golden voice of the organization. So it was a pleasure to hear his voice do the introductions for us this day. Like he said, we are joined by absolute titans in the industry. These guys have been building since a long, long time ago, even before play to earn was in anybody's vocabulary. These guys need no introductions. We would not be here today without them. Let's give it up for Gabby from YGG and Gios from Axie Infinity. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, just uh, really excited about the token launch. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. Ex excited to talk to Gabby. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have been. I think you guys have been friends for quite some time. Um, you guys have been in the space. You guys are pioneers. Uh, why don't you tell us the story of how you guys met and how you cultivated your relationship throughout these years? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let me start from. Like my POV of the story, uh, I've been a ga game developer for a very long time. Uh, started taking a look at NFTs in like early 2018. I, I met Gio in the conference circuit in San Francisco at Game Developers Conference and at Nifty in Hong Kong. And yeah, at that time, uh, yeah, they were building Axie and I was doing something else at that time. But I invited Gio to come to to Manila for a blockchain game event that I was hosting in 2018. And yeah, Gio came, gave a talk about Axie. And as uh, as thank you, he gave me uh, 
tokens that I could uh, turn into Mio2 Axis. So that's how I got my first three Mio2 Axis from the uh, from the tokens that uh, Geo gave me. And yeah, that's how after that I joined the Axie Discord, which is less than 500 people then, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, 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 I thought Gabby's entrance into the community was amazing. I think it was a really important moment, and Gabby had incredible confidence that the space would develop, that it would become big. I think back back then, yeah, it really like we would have meetups. I, I remember speaking at a meetup in the Philippines. I think there were ten or fifteen people there at that time, right? So. I think and nobody really expected the space to grow so quickly, but Gabby had, I think, a huge conviction and predicted, I think, a lot of the things that we've seen come to pass way before uh, they, they were even comprehensible. I always told Gio we'd make it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, guys, that's what's super interesting about it. Like, you guys had the foresight that it will be something that's really big. And I guess, like, you know, the way things are right now, it's already, like, super huge. And Play to Earn has started, like, this movement that a lot of people are already riding on. Now, I'm curious because, you know, you guys have been part of the industry for so long. And ever since before, even, even when it was uh, basically nothing, uh, you guys already knew that it was going to go big. Where do you guys... Uh, think that this is gonna go like Gabby for you uh, on the side of guilds. Where do you think like guilds are gonna go? And and Jiho for you, like where do you think like games are gonna go? Sure. Uh, let me talk about guilds for a bit. So, uh, first of all, as a gamer, you know, uh, like guilds have been around for a very long long time. If you look at EverQuest, World of Warcraft, RuneScape, there always have been uh, guilds in games and. Uh, what guilds do is that they bring together players into a community that want to do common things inside a game. What makes this special in NFT-based games is that you actually uh, have the chance to earn the assets uh, inside these games. So this is the idea of uh, players coming in and having ownership of the assets that they're playing is just a really, really wonderful concept that may have happened in the gray market before. Uh, with maybe RPGs such as Ragnarok, but now it's something that's institutionalized in games. So I think that more and more people are going to spend more of their time inside what we call the metaverse or these uh, kind of Web3 enabled games that have assets that player can own. Um, and yeah, like people who are having different sorts of creative jobs in the metaverse, whether you're playing or you're breeding or you're streaming or you're a professional player. Um, yeah, this is going to be a thing for more and more people as we go along. Yeah, I, I see that there's this trend where we're spending increasingly more time in digital spaces. Our digital lives are becoming increasingly important relative to our physical lives. And to me, like in 2018, when when I first learned about NFTs, there wasn't much to look at. It was it was everything was quite basic. But we saw that there was property rights 
imbued in the system from the beginning. So that was some, a strong foundation to build a complex economy on top of. There are a lot of modern day economies that do not have property rights, right? Like there are countries where if you own land, you cannot actually even prove your ownership of that land, which basically prevents you from being able to get a loan and things like that. So just the fact that property rights could be so easily attached to digital goods, it seemed like, yeah, there was an opportunity to, to build a better system. So, and, and I think it is, it's been hard to actually predict like where everything is going to go uh, so far. Why? Because I think when you give people freedom, there are all these like emergent benefits that come about that only make sense kind of in retrospect. So yeah, with regards to where, where gaming is going, I think we're in a we're in a kind of a transition phase, maybe like a cool down phase. Uh, for, you know, I think lot twenty twenty one was really crazy, but it attracted a lot of great builders. So, you know, I I, I think that we're we may be entering a, a, a period where things are a little bit quieter, but that also gives the true builders time to you know, continue to improve their products. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm in, I want to see the NFT gaming space grow. I, th I think that so far there have been a lack of options um, other than, other than Axie. And I would be, I would be interested to see, right? Like a bunch of different games contributing solid ideas to the ecosystem and also uh, yeah, bringing in, a new audience and i think a lot of that audience will cross over and trickle in taxi as well thanks for that answer guys um i'd like to ask and i think i'd be the proper person to ask this um and renz would probably be the one uh also a recipient of this this question uh, how did you guys get acquainted or how do you guys find out about BreederDAO, our project? All right. Um, well, I I met uh, Renz uh, very early on in the ideation phase of, uh, of BreederDAO. And uh, I think a, a part of it was from, you know, the founding team's experience, uh, talking to them about NFTs and later earn and uh, you guys, the co-founders, have a really good uh, kind of experience with startups in the Philippines. But I think that also with you know the experience we have with YGG has shown that we really have world-class founders from the Philippines that are already dabbling into the NFT and Web3 space. So yeah, so when I heard about the uh, about Breeder DAO and just the idea of an NFT factory, I thought it was brilliant. Of course, there are people who do a lot of breeding and games and crafting, and YGG does a lot of breeding itself. But just the idea of having a dedicated uh, kind of like NFT factory for the metaverse just sounded like a winning idea. Awesome. Yes, Gios. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, I, I've been talking to Renz for for a while now and uh yeah he's been sending over stuff like the like their new dashboard and so I've been I've been impressed by their output I think that the idea of a arms factory for the for the metaverse makes a lot of sense so uh yeah I I, I also think that 
Yeah, like, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they're trying to provide a lot of value, I think, to the entire space by, for, for example, through that dashboard, which I, which I find to be like super helpful. It's something that I've been looking at almost every day uh, since it, since it launched. So yeah. Right. Honestly, Gabby and Geos are actually the reason why we're here today. Uh, in fact, Gabby was the one who pushed for the idea somehow. Uh, Initially, when we had this uh, proof of concept back in Q2, when we were just trying things out and really seeing where it's going to go, we just focused on like delivering like quality assets to the market, but we never imagined it to be uh, this big of a scale. But after talking to Gabby and him like telling us that, you know, uh, I mean, YGG is doing all sorts of these things, right? Uh, YGG is the biggest guild and we have our own tools, but what about the rest of the guilds, right? And we've seen a lot of guilds follow the same model, raising tons of money. But, you know, most of them do not really have, like, all of these tools that will allow them to create, like, all of these assets. And so, you know, it became, like, a big question mark to everyone else. How are they going to supply or get supplied uh, for, for all of these, like, new scholars with all of the funding that they were able to get? And that hit us, like, okay, you know, this is actually something that's really big because then we can be... Uh, the supplier to all of these guilds. Guilds have raised like over half a billion dollars just last year. And where is that gun money going to funnel in? And I think Jiho is like, because of the kind of economic model that you guys created with Axie Infinity, it led to the creation of, you know, a player-driven economy that would allow users to be able to generate their own assets, which would then like allow for something like BreederDAO to even exist. And... You know, I think it's important that we were able to find this gap because then we're able to take a look at the ecosystem similar to the dashboard that you were mentioning where it really started off like, you know, what is lacking in the ecosystem, information and content. And so we realized that we have all of these analytics and dashboards and tools that we, that we also have internally that we can share to the public because ultimately the business or the entire like ecosystem would only flourish if people are educated and they have all of these information in place. Because the only way that we would lose this battle is if people get discouraged and the way for them to get discouraged is if they actually lose interest coming from a lot of losses from all of these like Ponzi's from a lot of like these other games that are only there uh, to do some sort of cash grab. And, you know, it, it veers away from the actual value that the space and, you know, um, games such as yours are able to provide. And so, yeah, I really believe that, you know, what you guys did uh, combined uh, is something that uh, has really revolutionized the space and has really allowed for us to participate in the economy. Yeah, we're very happy with how Playcore turned out. Uh, it's the dashboard that Renz and Geos was mentioning. Um, it's basically we, we got the idea from our own internal operations. These are analytics that we use to analyze game economies and to make decisions for the organization. And we thought for the betterment of the entire industry, why don't we share this information with everybody? Um, it is easily accessible. You just need to aggregate it. You just need to know how to get on-chain and off-chain data. And thus, Playcore was born. But uh, you know, navigating these blockchain game economies can be a bit tricky, but I want to take a few steps back since we are with some of like 
Nico said, OGs in the space. Gabby, Jihos, they've been in the gaming industry for quite some time now. Virtual game economies aren't anything new. Like, like um, Gabby mentioned, um, there's EverQuest, there's WoW, there's RuneScape. There were guilds in these economies. I mean, there were guilds in these games, and these games had economies. So being seasoned veterans, right, of the gaming industry, uh, do you have any takes regarding how these economies worked prior to blockchain gaming? Gabby, maybe you have some interesting takes for us. Uh, sorry, what was your question specifically? Were there any observations on your end regarding virtual game economies prior to blockchain gaming? Anything interesting that you can share that you noticed vis-a-vis uh, -vis what blockchain gaming is right now? Well, I've been a part of a lot of different games that have uh, complex economies. Probably most relevant is... Uh, played a lot of Diablo, um, but generally in all of these games, you can see that people always, some people would want to trade their money for their time, and some people want to trade their time for money. And sometimes the games don't really support this uh, with their design. For example, the, uh, the real money auction house in Diablo 3 failed. It was something that wasn't really kind of something that the game design was wanted to support, but people wanted to... Uh, kind of uh, trade the items for money. However, it wasn't a good fit with the game design, so it ended up ruining the experience. So uh, I guess the point is that there is natural kind of uh, arbitrage between uh, people wanting to trade time for money and money for time. But the design of the game has to support it as well. You want to make it so that people who are buying or selling items are contributing to the overall fun and experience of the game itself rather than ruining it. And is actually this one is pretty hard to grasp and usually takes a lot of trial and error and some intentional design from the start. If you're looking at games, for example, that are kind of that have a lot of uh, economic transactions in nature, for example, a game like EVE Online, which has been around for 20 years, um, people there mine resources, create ships, and actually have a very strong functioning guilds. But this was something that was designed from day one and iterated on. So it's something that people have to think about when uh, designing their own game. How about you, Gios? You've designed, you were part of the team from Axie Infinity. Can you give any insights? So, yeah, I actually grew up uh, trying to make money from gaming and doing it from time to time. I was in a, in a top guild in World of Warcraft Vanilla, and we would gear up Chinese gold farming operations where we would take, take their characters into Molten Core or Blackwing Lair, you know, some of the really hard raids from back then, and gear them up, and we would get... Uh, we would get paid. So there are always these kind of back channels and gray markets. Same, similar with uh, Diablo, right? There was D2, JSP, and you had the, the forum gold. And, you know, that was actually relatively liquid. So these are not, you know, these are not totally new. It's just that crypto and, and blockchain makes them much easier to implement. And then you have, right, through tokens and governance tokens, ways of kind of sharing the 
fees generated from these secondary markets with the developer and the community, right? There never, there's never been a system that perfectly aligns, right? Like, how do you have the secondary market? Uh, how, uh, how do you have the secondary market that right, aligns player the incentives between the players and the developers, right? And I think before crypto, there's never really been uh, a clear way to do that. So. Right, cool. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned that these economies already exist, like people would already make money even before like uh, all of these like blockchain uh, ever existed. But because of like the occurrence of blockchain, some people believe that, you know, it allowed for an easier way for people to build like Ponzi's or a means for people just to not really create gains, but create uh, a way for people to extract money from a lot more people by kind of luring them in for huge profits, but eventually leaving them hanging uh, and holding the bag. What do you guys think of that uh, comment? Uh, well, if you look at uh, DeFi, which uh, I think in a lot of ways kind of gamifies the uh, finance, there's a lot of I would say games people play in uh, in yield farming that would basically rearrange the kind of order of money from uh, some group of people to another. And there are games that do this, but I think for for a lot of the kind of uh, uh, NFT gaming games that we love, such as Axie Infinity, I think the, the focus of it is really on just having fun, being part of the community and being able to earn these uh, these assets that you would own yourself. So definitely there's uh, kind of a path to uh, to earning money for these, but people realize that you need to have a long-term sustainable economy in which people are having fun and enjoying and uh, playing. So for example, I've been playing Axie since 2018. I bought lands during the land sale and I've actually kept most of them. I still have over uh, 100, I think I have 120 Savannah. Uh, I have 10 Mystic Lands and because I am really excited and waiting for the land gameplay to come out. And I've had some conversations with the team, uh, with Philip as well, on maybe what, what kind of gameplay that might be. But yeah, generally, i kind of very patient when it comes to this. And uh, yeah, there's no hurry to really extract value because the, the most important thing is to see the game economy grow. I, yeah, I think we're we're at a point where guilds are thinking. I think like from the largest guilds to the smallest guilds, I think all guilds are thinking about the different ways that they can contribute. I think the amazing thing about this ecosystem is I think every single person has some sort of skill that they can bring to add value to the ecosystem. So I, I think right right now, guilds and developers are figuring out like you know what what are the best ways to work together to amplify yeah to amplify this movement and make sure that the future is uh yeah it's you know f full of more freedom for gamers i think that's the bottom line and yeah I, you know i i think we're going to see specialization among guilds right so some guilds that focus on content creation uh some guilds that focus on, I think, like, yeah, supplying assets, um, guild, other guilds that focus really on the kind of the esports and the competitive scene. So I think you're, we'll see a lot of uh, specialization.
Cool. It's actually good that you touch on that briefly because my next question is uh, related to that. Uh, the title of this uh, session is actually Game Skills and Generator. Gabby as skills, you as game, and we as a generator. Uh, and, and we've seen that there's a lot of like participants within the economy that will soon you know, develop as well. Uh, we started with games and then, you know, the existence of guilds because like, you know, there needs to be like a community that would play it, right? Uh, and, you know, they have this shared interest uh, and it's generally just more fun to, to have like a community playing with you instead of like you playing alone. And what's interesting is that, you know, another participant now comes to play, which is BreederDAO, uh, whose sole focus is becoming like the factory of, uh, the factory that supplies all of these in-game assets. Now I'm curious, like, why did you guys uh, choose, or how did you guys kind of thought of, like, when you initially said yes uh, of becoming like advisors to this particular project? Yeah, so for me it was very simple. I really like backing founders who are in the Web three space because they have something unique to contribute, and I thought that the idea for BeaterDAO or an NFT factory. Uh, it was something that was relatively unexplored uh, and didn't have a lot of competitors in this space. So, uh, you know, you guys were able to really like, carve out your own niche very early on. And yeah, then actually just prove the concept, attract world-class investors, show solid revenue all in a few months' time. So uh, I've been really impressed with uh, with with the progress of BeaterDAO so far. And even though the progress wasn't there when I initially said yes, I just thought that this team really had the hunger and the smarts and the skills to really make it far in this space. Yeah, for me, it was, you know, I, I looked at the dashboard and I thought that it was useful and you know, I, I thought that you guys had a, an interesting way of looking at the space and had this kind of data-oriented approach to it. So, yeah, this, you know, it, it, I, found, I found it useful. And what, there, there isn't that much that I find useful in terms of, like, a lot of the tooling around the kind of the generalized NFT gaming ecosystem, right? I think it was, I think, pro, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's pretty unique in that it just covers NFT games, right? It doesn't, like, Crypto Slam, for example, kind of lumps everything together. I think DAP radar, uh, the curation, I think, is a little bit strange. So, um, yeah, I, I, I saw it providing a need that I had myself. So that's usually a good good first sign. Thanks, guys. That's uh, really heartwarming. We put a lot of effort into PlayCore, and I'm very proud of how it looks and the data and the help that it hopefully will provide uh, to its users now, um, as a generator, as an NFT factory, um, I'd like to ask, uh, and, and this would be a different question question to Gabby and a different question question to Gios. Um, let's start off with Gabby. As a as an NFT generator or a factory, uh, how does someone like BreederDAO help yield guild games? Okay, so that's very interesting. Um, most guilds have had their uh, uh, have had their assets, you know, bought and bred themselves, 
Um, but as Gio said earlier, um, guilds are going to specialize. And uh, what we've seen with Breeder was uh, like there is special technology so that you can automate, craft, and breed more efficiently than someone else. And these are things that a lot of guilds don't have easily within the reach. For example, uh, YGG used to do, uh, it still does a lot of its own breeding, but as uh, the kind of the needs specialize, as NFT gaming gets more complex, different games, different chains, we'd be turning more to BreederDAO to help kind of uh, facilitate and find us the assets that we need so that we could grow our user base and yeah, cover, you know, what, what we see ourselves as YGG, we are the Web3 distribution network of the entire world. You can see this with our sub-DAOs in Southeast Asia, India, LATAM, Brazil, and other places. The players that we're onboarding need NFT assets to match, and that's what BreederDAO can provide. Awesome. How about from the perspective of a game, Gios? How do you think uh, somebody that specializes in breeding or crafting like us fit into a game's ecosystem or how do we help? Well, I think breeding, upgrading, right? Basically the uh, asset development, I guess, or NFT development. I think this is really important uh, moving forward, I think that, you know, uh, guilds specialized in breeding can, I think, give a lot of great feedback to the game developers on, right, like what you're seeing in the, what you're seeing in the market, you know, what are, what are actions that the team could make, could make or take to increase, you know, token burning in the ecosystem, right? Like, I think there's a lot of talk about economic balancing and at the end of the day it's about making sure that there's there's there are enough sinks right there are enough ways to burn tokens that there isn't kind of this this oversupply and supply but right so um yeah i i think you know i i actually in 2018 kind of started a little group where we were actually breeding crypto kitties together to try to hit certain goals so i know that also right like breeding can be very collaborative and having you know a, a large kind of stable or genetic diversity i think it's something that when a group of people kind of come together i think, I think it uh yeah there's there's a lot of potential out of out of systems like that so um yeah i, th I think you know, the breeders, but I, I, the breeders are important, but I think that'll also encapsulate, right? Like in origin, right? How are you upgrading your axes, right? And basically uh, yeah, uh, managing the output of your, of your kind of, uh, of your stable of assets. So yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really important. Yeah, thank you so much for that, guys. You know, I, I think like the ecosystem is still young. Uh, as mentioned earlier, there's games, there's guilds, there's generators. And for sure, there will be a lot more uh, participants within the ecosystem, starting with, you know, specialization of content creators, uh, as you said, Geos earlier, and all the other 
market part- participants because ultimately it's like an economy and each game has its own economy. So I'm curious, uh, what do you guys think of the adoption that's happening right now to blockchain? Do you think that it will really replace like, you know, free to play as they say? Uh, or, or where do you guys think it's heading? All right, let me take a stab at this. So uh, first of all, I've been in the game industry for almost 20 years now and I've seen the major shifts from uh, PC uh, subscription-based MMOs to PC free-to-play MMOs to casual games, mobile games, mobile casual games, mobile MMOs, mobile free-to-play MMOs. Um, yeah, a lot. The the space has really uh, kind of uh, have shifted a lot in the last you know 15 to 20 years, and I do believe that yeah, within the next five to 10 years, all games that have a uh, robust economy will have their assets uh, sitting uh, on chain that players can own and trade and earn. Um, I think that is going to happen. It doesn't mean that all games we, will be like this. Uh, I think there's a different kind of game for just different, uh, you know, different times. There'll still be story-based games. There'll still be puzzle games that that don't need to have any tokens or NFTs. But if you're talking about multiplayer live virtual worlds where people are doing things together and they have an economy, I'm pretty sure that all of these will be uh, on-chain sometime in the next decade. Do you have anything to add to that, Gios? We'd love to hear your take. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't understand the question. Yeah, so let me In terms... Go. Okay, go, go ahead, ahead, Renz. No, I was just saying, uh, so the question was, like, you know, do you think, uh, where do you think, like, we're headed at right now uh, in terms of, like, the entire blockchain gaming or in terms of, like, the adoption of blockchain gaming? And, you know, do you think, like, eventually blockchain gaming or this play-to-earn, play-and-earn economy will eventually replace, like, free-to-play? Sure. So I think what we see with gaming is that from time to time, a new genre or a new platform for gaming and a new business model for gaming emerges. It doesn't necessarily displace all of the other, all of the previous models, but it does typically kind of transcend them and surpass them in size. So I don't expect planner and gaming to destroy like mobile free to play, but it's it's definitely possible that in the long run, uh, it grows just outgrows it and grows faster. So uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, typically what we see is when a new classification of games come and comes out, it's you know, typically the upstarts and newcomers that have less baggage from the past, right? They're, they can be a little bit more nimble and uh, and adopt the technology faster than, than the incumbents. So, yeah, I, I think with NFT gaming, you know, the, we, are, we just had this uh, phase of really quick adoption. And right now, I think, right, we're, as, as a space, we're looking for the next catalyst, right, on... Uh, so I, th- I think we might be entering a bit building period as well, where we just need to improve our products. You know, we'll be working on origin, getting that ready for global launch. Uh, we'll be working on land, right? And I think 
so there is a fair amount of building that I think needs to be done. And yeah, I, I would, I would welcome kind of like a, a quieter period uh, of building after, you know, I think the last, the last year was, was really uh, kind of a furious race for adoption. Yeah. The last year was crazy. Um, people, like I said, um, you guys have been doing this since 2018 blockchain gaming. I mean, gaming even longer than that. And the adoption that occurred during the last year was just exponential. A lot of things have happened. I want to touch a little bit on the building side of things. But before that, I'd just like to give a big thank you to our listeners right now. We are at, I think, 583 listeners. Gabby Dizon of YGG and Jihoz of Axie Infinity are right here in this Twitter spaces with us. For our community members listening, please submit your questions in our Discord. Let us know what you want to have answered. Now's your chance. Okay. So, Gias, you mentioned a bit about building. Um, you guys are at the absolute top of the game when it comes to blockchain gaming. Could you offer a glimpse of how you see your game or even blockchain gaming as a whole develop in the next five years? I think that we're just going to see steady compounding growth where I, th I think the, the secret sauce for play and earn and NFT gaming is the retention. Like once you, once you find out about it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it's stuck in your mind. Uh, there's kind of no going back. So there, we have incredibly high retention within the ecosystem just because it's interesting. It's, it's something that's never been done before and, and that's appealing to a lot of people. So yeah, I just, I expect the 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 progress to be steady i think we haven't really seen uh yeah we haven't we haven't seen the, the potential of this when you combine right like polished products that have been in development for years so i, I think origin is the start of that land will also help with that um so yeah i i think better we're, we'll see better products that will draw in a new audience and yeah I, I think the crossover potential between like gaming e-commerce and payments i think that's going to be really important um where yeah i, I think i think these games have a chance to become uh kind of super apps that touch a variety of different aspects of people's lives uh, rather than just i guess leisure so Thanks for that answer. That's interesting. Um, E-commerce payments. I mean, those things are elements right now in blockchain gaming. And it'll be interesting to see how those things evolve over time. We're still very new, still very early. That being said, it's always an evolving industry. Gabby, 
how do you see guilds evolving in this sort of landscape? Well, uh, first of all, let's talk about the game environment. Um, we are privileged to be in a position where we can see product that is not coming out until maybe one to two years from now. And I must say that I was really excited. Um, I was at a GDC Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, just talking to a lot of founders, some of the smartest founders from the game industry, going into web3 gaming space you're just going to see such incredible highly polished fun product from experienced founders that are going into play to earn economies um and i think just the quality level is gonna go way up with also a lot of kind of more nuanced experimentations on uh on these game economies in the future um Having said that, I think guilds are going to have to evolve as well. Um, whatever role they might play in a certain game, it might depend on what sh what the game itself might want to focus. But if you see what uh, different games are good at, uh, different guilds are good at right now as well. For example, we have Baze, our partner guild from Brazil, who's really good at content creation. Um, YGG itself has a really top-notch uh, esports team. Some people are do, uh, doing uh, a lot of work on uh, education and helping others, like Sando Vibes, for example, which is uh, under the YGG umbrella. So you can see that the uh, the founders of, of these different guilds uh, have their own skills and are looking for a way to express and differentiate themselves. And I think this will really just continue. And uh, yeah, and certain guilds will just be stronger at uh, certain games and have a, have a natural fit for their skill sets. And I think we're going to see a lot of this specialization uh, continue over time. I love that. And I agree completely. Uh, much like right? Everybody specializes in something, right? And then you get paid accordingly to your job or if you're a gamer. And uh, if game economies will truly evolve into sustainable uh, working economies, much like real life. Specialization will be a big factor in that. And uh, we're, we're happy to say that we think here at BreederDAO, we've found something very interesting that we've can specialize in. We like to think of ourselves as like um, blacksmiths or merchants or uh, weaponry, where we can supply different types of items to the different types of players according to their specific needs. So tailor fit game assets for these guys. Okay, guys, given that we only have 35 minutes left, approximately, um, I'd like to move on to community questions, starting with the ones from Discord. So again, guys, if you have any more questions that you want to ask, uh, please, please, please feel free to send it over to our Discord, uh, and we will ask it uh, for you guys. So the question is, and this is actually from Alex A., what do you think is the greatest threat in blockchain gaming that BreederDAO needs to anticipate and have countermeasures for? Uh, who's supposed to answer that? Yeah, I think you guys can take a stab and then maybe we can also share our perspective on that. All right, for me, the number one 
probably threat to the whole uh, Web3 gaming space is going to be regulation. I think it's something that we need to take a proactive step and be talking to people who may want to regulate or uh, or even ban or just uh, don't know that much about uh, Web3 gaming. I think we like we've been talking, we've been spending a lot of time educating a lot of government officials in different departments on what exactly we are doing. And honestly, it's not that easy to understand if you're not coming from the space. You're playing a game, it produces resources. These resources are tokenized that you can sell uh, eventually for fiat. There's a lot of steps to cover. And we want to make sure that the, uh, the authorities that are looking at this make sure to understand how uh, how people are interacting and how it can help people so that, uh, yeah, we can continue to evolve and grow. I think the biggest threat is that I, th I think like the expectations um, have to be tempered. I think people have to understand that there's a lot of really hard work that needs to be done. There are a lot of teams that just got funded this year. So their output is going to be a little bit like, I think delayed as well. So yeah, I think just, you know, it, having this ability to like look at the long-term picture. I think recently, right, I think this, the space has been a little bit painful. So I think, you know, we, we're, in a, we're in a period where I think people just need to hunker down and, and, and focus. And I think the, the last year has been kind of distracting. So, yeah, I think just, just staying focused. I, I think, you know, the incumbents could, right, like Meta, for example, they want to come in, they want to charge 50%. Um, I, th I think they're a credible threat, though. So I, I think that you know there there will be like larger enemies that come in and try and uh, take the, take the space in a more corporatized direction that we need to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, I actually agree with you both. Uh, uh, Gabby's answer on regulation really is a threat, uh, not only with blockchain gaming but with the entire like blockchain. Because adding like regulators on something that's supposed to be decentralized is something that is uh, questionable for me. So, yeah, I mean, um, when I mean for context, I actually live in I'm based in the Philippines, and you know when SLP was at its peak, and a lot of people were posting photos of them like being able to buy houses, for example. Uh, there were so many news around uh, the the government wanting to tax like everyone. Uh, despite them not acknowledging SLP as a currency. So to me, that is like, you know, uh, I think they would need to, of course, uh, acknowledge SLP as a currency before they're able to tax it. But yeah, I mean, trying to uh, put like regulations on top of pretty much like anything that they don't even understand or they don't even acknowledge is uh, pretty much like treading on waters that they don't do not really know like how deep, right? So, uh, and then in terms of like, you know, Jiho for you, uh, I quite resonate with that. There is actually a lot of people whose motivation in entering blockchain gaming is purely from an income perspective. And to me, uh, it loses the core of like gaming where it's supposed to provide like entertainment. And 
I think that the only way that everything here is really going to be sustainable is that when people shift their mindset from uh, trying to just purely extracting value from the game, but being contributors really, because the idea of like being able to own your asset is not necessarily to earn or to be able to replace your livelihood and uh, and just entirely shift it to uh, to a game, right? Uh, so, so I feel like you know, eventually, um, playing for entertainment with income as a bonus uh, because you get to have these assets and essentially you can trade them uh, is something that uh, would be or would be the next push. But if people just solely focus on like the profit side of things and um, you have all of these bad actors trying to enter the space thinking of the same thing, uh, then uh, eventually, we lose the value that uh, some of us here are creating. Okay. We have a an audience member who's up on stage right now. I guess he wants to ask a, a question. Smoochie Wallace. Please go ahead, sir. Hey guys, do you hear me? Loud and clear. Great, great. So first of all, uh, nice to meet you, Gavin, Gio. I'm a big fan of your work. Um, my question is actually for the both of you. Um, so, you know, as titans in this industry, right? What would be your, what would be your advice to a company like BreederDAO in terms of um, managing its community to grow in a, in a, in a healthy way? I think community really appreciates it when they are brought into the building process. So I think like, yeah, asking questions, showing people what you're working on, you know, getting, uh, finding ways of getting structured feedback from the community, I think is really important in the early days, like founders being like present in the discord and, and getting to know the community, I think is really important. Uh, there are a lot of like benefits to building community when you're small that, uh, are that is hard when when you get much larger so i think take advantage of those things right like being able to have like a, a pretty personal relationship like with a lot of the members of your community i think uh that is really important for also like sharing your vision and making sure that the kind of core pillar of your community understand you know what are the values and what is the mission of the project so i think i think also just like yeah restating that vision time and time again and uh, yeah, taking advantage of, you know, in whatever you're doing and we've earned some ownership from that um and how do you scale that as it grows um so at ydg we we uh, we kind of sprung initially out of the axie community we built our own kind of identity out of that and we uh for almost a year we just made sure that the core community knew what we were about before the token launched. Inevitably, when a token launches, you're going to have people in the community that 
care more about kind of maybe short-term financial gain um, to kind of outweigh the kind of the long-term builders that are there. And that's pretty natural when, when a community grows, but it's really important that you're very uh, explicit on what the values of the community are so that as you grow, you rely on leaders kind of spread these community values further. So for example, we have a lot of leaders in within the YGG community itself, uh, people who have been there from the start, people like Nate and uh, Kuku and Spraki, uh, to a lot of the people who are our game ambassadors, uh, to people who are community helpers, to the ones that lead our gaming sub-DAOs, such as LOK and SPL. We see it such that we have leaders upon leaders upon leaders, and it's clear to them what YG stands for. And for people who are new when coming in, they get to understand that this is the reason why we're here. We want to build communities that can play and enjoy and own these uh, different NFT games and kind of build strong communities around them. And yeah, we're going to do this all over the world and uh, kind of give access to Web3 economies to anyone around the world that would want to access it via gaming. Right. Thank you for asking that question for us. Uh, now we don't have to. But yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're really striving our best to come up with, you know, a proper DAO. Uh, we didn't name ourselves DAO just for the sake of it or just for just because we think that it's going to be the next big thing. We're really uh, striving hard here to build a proper community, one that will be part of uh, the, the project in terms of identifying like what projects we want to do, the strategies that we will employ, and eventually, you know, um, where we should head towards, especially when things are, you know, not as great. And I think, you know, even before like the token launch, we've already kind of uh, embodied this idea um, via our ambassador program where we onboard people within the community, much like YGG and how they actually encourage members of the community to join uh, their, their, their team or their project or to participate within the economy. Uh, it's the same route that we're really going. And uh, to, to Gio's point, like people usually love it when they participate in governance. And because, you know, once that, now that you have your token and, you know, we're doing it now, we have our public uh, launch at Copper. We want it to really to, to distribute it not only to the people who want to be uh, uh, or to have like an exposure to all of these like play to earn games um, via the breeding factory, but also to be part of like the community and that would help eventually shape things up for the entire ecosystem. Uh, and yeah, um, for, for me, it's really that. Uh, and thank you so much for the advice, guys. Awesome, Smoochie. Thanks for that. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys, we've got another speaker up on stage. But before I let him speak, I want to remind everyone that we are taking in community questions. So please feel free, get on our Discord, type a question. Or if you want, you can just request to come up on stage here. It's a rare chance to be asking questions from the guys on these spaces right now. So take that shot. Okay, first name, fame, not clout. You're up, what have you got? Uh, hey, what's going on guys? Oh, good, thank you, how are you? I'm blessed, brother. Blessed, blessed, need some sleep, but I'm in here uh, 
you know, getting all this knowledge. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Nice to meet you, man. Yes, sir. So I, I guess uh, what I want to ask is, because I don't really know a lot about Axie Infinity, but um, what are the differences between when it first came out? Because I know like a lot of people were like using it for like passive income. And, like um, what's been like the changes since then? Because I haven't really heard many updates. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, so we've been working on a lot of things kind of in parallel right now. Uh, we just released the early access test on desktop for Axie Infinity Origin. So Origin is a massive upgrade to our card battle system. It allows anyone to get started for free uh, with three free starter axes. The art is upgraded, the animations are upgraded. Um, we've made the kind of We've made it so that when you play a card, the Axie actually springs immediately into action. So it has like this more lifelike uh, feel with more control. So uh, yeah, we have over 450,000 testers so far, and that's all just on desktop. And we're gearing up for launching this uh, on mobile, um, hopefully in, in May. So that, that's, one big, that's one thing that we've been working on. We're also making a lot of progress on land. Uh, we just put out our first land gameplay trailer. Um, yeah, you know, obviously recently we've been dealing with the a Ronin security breach incident, so we've been putting in a lot of work to upgrade our uh, upgrade Ronin um, in terms of adding validators and uh, launching a bug bounty and, and a combination of other things. So. Dude, that's dope. Yeah, I would uh I would definitely play if it was on my phone. I know Gala Games has a couple uh, of their games that you play on the phone. I think that's pretty bullish. Um I definitely would give like my little nephew or like my little cousin my phone for two hours and see how much they bring in. But that's pretty cool, bro. Um oh, you're the co founder. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> but that's cool. Um, so I guess since, you know, you're in the industry, what's your favorite type of NFT besides like gaming NFTs? Uh, me, I, I'm, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pick. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a know. fan of the idea of non-transferable badges. Um, so I think like YGG's done some really awesome kind of stuff with that. So far, uh, we're working on kind of this badge system. So I think like having badges that might be NFTs or ERC eleven fifty five. I think that will kind of create this new primitive for people to build off of. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. On the topic of non-game NFTs, three of us here on stage have clone access. Renz has a clone X as well, but uh, he created it for a, a promotional picture. So uh, if you're looking for a nice NFT as a profile picture, clone X is pretty dope from Artifact. All right, moving on. So we got a question from MJ number 6713 from Discord. 
Thank you for submitting a question on Discord. Please keep them coming, guys. Here's the question. Oh, I think this is a question for all of us. Okay. How do we best support you in educating the world that play to earn can be so much more than trading time for money? For example, creating virtual economies, building talent marketplaces, and onboarding people to DeFi. Anybody want to take that one first? Yeah, sure. So uh, the, I guess, hallmark of what we're doing is that we are onboarding people into economies, uh, into via communities, right? And once people enter the community, then we can do a lot of education on what's happening, not only in the basic, basic building blocks of blockchain, wallet, key management, uh, what transactions are, um, why digital assets are valuable, um, into yeah, how you can use them properly, how you can, uh, uh, how can use them to own digital assets in these virtual worlds. So at the heart of it is really the education that happens within a community setting. This is something that we focus on a lot, and yeah, we make sure that the players aren't just you know clicking on buttons, playing games without really understanding what's going on underneath. I think this question is interesting because I used to be in the same spot. Like last year, just last year, uh, before I bought my first like NFT, I was pretty curious on why people would pay such value for, you know, uh, an asset uh, if it's ultimately just a JPEG, right? I didn't really understand like like the idea behind it, and you know, it, it, the only time that I learned about it was, or, or that I really understood it, was when people started explaining it to me, and then I kind of entered like a community that allowed me, or that gave me the insight that you know, this is what it means to be part of like something, and that ultimately uh, is uh, the idea of all of these NFTs more than like just the uh, the logo or like or like a picture. It, it provides like a community, and it also provides you with an identity. So, I mean, uh, that really struck me the most. And, you know, for, for these games, our play-to-earn games uh, and DeFi in general, uh, I think echoing what Gabby said, education is really key. Uh, and leading people to the proper, I guess, sites or resources that would enable them to uh, educate themselves or make themselves informed in the process would also be of much help. So as a community member, you know, uh, it's our responsibility and being much more learned in the space it is our responsibility to help to lead these guys towards providing them with more content uh the proper resources that they can use in order to be able to uh provide themselves with the same knowledge that we have and that's actually you know the the reason why we created playcore in the first place uh we wanted to provide uh people uh, uh resource or our one-stop shop for everything that they would need for play to earn so that they wouldn't have to look elsewhere. They wouldn't have to find like, you know, any other material because we've already compiled it for them. And, you know, not everyone can become YGG. Not everyone can become Axie Infinity. Not everyone can become ReaderDAO. But having these resources and then sharing them to the people around us that may be able to use them or to learn from them is already like something that we can take even as individuals and as, you know, normal community members.
Okay, awesome. So we've got another speaker on stage. Okay, um, it's Vanny with a Philippine tag. Vanny, what do you have for us? Nice Japanese accent, by the way. I like those yen eyes. Looks like he got disconnected. Ah, uh, too bad. Um, well, we've got another one up on stage. V Corp. V Corp. Hello, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. You're good. So my question is, as pioneers in the space, and you know, really being the first mover in your own respective fields, um, do you think that Breeder Dow will uh, experience the same level of competition that you know you guys are experiencing? They will experience a lot of competition, but I think that uh, if they keep on innovating as they have done uh, with you know new products like Playcore. Um, yeah, the, the key is to always innovate. See what your uh, user base is needing and then provide it for them. I have no doubt that BreederDAO will be a great success. Yeah, I think just continue to focus on product, continue to focus on community, continue to kind of help define the future uh, of, of this space and kind of be this aggregator of awesome information, awesome opinions and, and people. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's the path forward. I mean, I think there's no doubt that there's going to be competition. Uh, but, you know, competition is really healthy. Uh, it tells you that, you know, that what you're doing is actually something significant in the space and people believe in it, precisely why they actually they model. So, yeah, I mean, we, we would want to have that healthy competition around uh, and we would encourage that even. So we will be kind of uh, be forced to innovate and constantly develop as you and Gabby said I mean not to say that we're not gonna do that if there's no competition but you know um, there's uh, the, the, the space has still so much to offer and you know the more builders that we have in the space the more people who would really drive towards that innovation then the better it is for all of us so yeah I mean uh, definitely looking forward to more people innovating and building. Okay, guys. Um, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll also, yeah. I, that's never mind, never mind. Please, please go ahead, Gio. Uh, no, no. I forgot what I was going to say. No worries, no worries. Okay, I think we're out of time. So I'd like to personally thank um, us at the Breeder that I would personally like to thank Gabby and Gios for coming over, sharing their insights, giving their advice. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are, are an inspiration. Just as a reminder to everybody listening, we are conducting our token launch auction 
right now. Uh, it's, an, it's a 72-hour token launch auction on Copper. Link, the relevant links are on our Twitter profile. We've got tons of surprises. Well, they're no longer a surprise. We've made announcements. There are tons of rewards for those who will be willing, who are willing to be part of the BreederDAO community early on. We've opened up staking. We've got leaderboards for the top stakers. Top stakers are going to get airdrop more breed tokens. Some NFTs personally from our production lines are available. And the biggest surprise of all, we will be airdropping Playcore tokens to buyers and stakers. So Playcore, again, is the dashboard that Geos loves so much. Thank you, Geos, for that. And that's it, guys. Signing off. Thank you so much, Gabby and Geos. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. And good luck with the token launch. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, guys.